everyone. Welcome to episode 30 of Twin Cities Trekkies. I am Wes. And I am Kenzie. And uh, today we're going to talk about uh, Benjamin Sisko. Um, this is our third character analysis. Um, how I feel about him, and that's really like, I, I really like um, Sisko more than the other captains, or the other main characters, I should say, yeah. um, in, in Star Trek. And there are going to be eight of them, eventually, of these episodes. Once Strange New Worlds um, ends its season, we'll probably be doing the eighth one about Christopher Pike. Um, because he is the main captain of Strange New Worlds. And I just realized we're, we have seven so far. but And maybe we'll probably do one on whoever is the main character of Prodigy, whoever ends up that being. Yeah, uh, whoever ends up being captain. So there will yeah. even be one. Unless you want to do this, I consider Janeway's uh, hologram on the protostar. Yeah, but... <laughs> Janeway's emergency medical hologram, but emergency yeah. captain hologram. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know who's ended up being the captain of Prodigy. Yeah. But maybe it's everybody. Who knows? Um, and I know that for Lower Decks, it's Beckett Mariner. Yeah. Uh, and Bradward Boimer. Um, those are the two main characters, I would think. Um. But then, you know, with other ones like Jonathan Archer, Catherine Janeway, uh, Michael Burnham. Um, yeah. Those are, those, those are the main characters. I know that for sure. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. But definitely we'll be doing, definitely, and then the Kelvin Kirk and stuff like that. Uh, we haven't gotten to that. Yeah, yet. definitely. I'd like to explore that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So get in touch with us as simple as send us an email at tctrekkiespodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send us an email. We'll gladly read your email. I mean, I mean, it can be as long as you want. We'll read the whole thing. And you have like a five page video, uh, five page email. We'll definitely read it. Yeah. It could probably be the whole episode right there. Like an email from so and so. A monologue that we'll yeah. read. Yeah. Um, you can also, uh, comment on our facebook or instagram posts the handle is tc trekkies pod so um, you can find us on instagram and facebook um posts are there about new episodes stuff like that i mean granted i have been more active on our instagram posts lately because we like like we said at the last show you know we haven't had much to talk about we haven't done an episode gotta find so. other ways to engage yeah so you know stuff like that you know i've been sharing posts about like you know, uh, the anniversary of Enterprise, the anniversary of TNG, um, the, uh, the supposed appearance of the Enterprise E and, and Picard season two, maybe. Um, I hope that's the case. I, I Like I said, I hope that ends up being the case because it would be a big F you to Rick Berman. Um, so, because he had an unwritten mandate that the Enterprise should not appear outside the films, so that's why we didn't see the Enterprise E in Voyager's finale or in Deep Space Nine. Or so, so strange. Yeah, it is very strange. Even though it was referenced, it was never seen. So yeah, yeah, it was an unwritten mandate from Rick Berman. So this is. Yeah, so that's why I'm hoping to see the Enterprise EM Picard somehow. So, uh, but that, that's okay. Uh, stuff like that. So I've been active on our um, on our Instagram feed 
and stuff like that. Uh, we also we forgot to mention this, but it was International Podcast Day last week, which was on the 30th of September. So happy International Podcast Day. Yay! <laughs> yeah, it was a good time to announce that we were coming back. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So after a month away. But uh, yeah. And, and then also, uh, you can also send us voice messages. Uh, send it to anchor.fm. Uh, go to anchor.fm slash Twin Cities Trekkies. Click on that little message button at the bottom of the screen. Enable your microphone and start recording your voice. Um, I believe there is no time limit. So any length of time is okay. And we'll gladly react to your voicemail or your voice message and stuff like that. If you are listening to us and also have a podcast of your own, genre of podcast is not required. Send us a promo of what your podcast is, and we will gladly feature you. Uh, like I've mentioned before, we've had three so far, Beyond the Pen, Pod Jerky, and Living, uh, living, living, living the Dream with Curveball. So uh, and those three have been in cycle since we've been, uh, since roughly about mid-July. So, uh, so if you do have a podcast promo, please feel free to send us a promo. Um, if you have a very special episode that you want us to feature you, uh, like if you have like a guest that you're very excited about, um, like for example, when Kenzie and I had that uh, Dr. Birko last month so uh, in, in in August, um, we would gladly put a promo up for you. You know, we were excited to talk with her. And so like that, we were excited to talk with Dr. Birko. So um, definitely. But just keep in mind that any feedback you do leave, vocal or written, may be featured in a future episode of Twin Cities Trekkies. Oh, all right. So Benjamin Sisko. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's a lot to be said about Cisco. Yes. I think he's the most human type of captain. Besides, I Janeway gives me that too. He's very, I don't know, relatable in the way that he handles some situations. Some might call it a little unhinged sometimes, but I really like I like his persona. He's a great dad. He grows yeah. as a captain, which I think is super important because he is flawed. And is you know also dealing with the trauma of losing his wife, which I think is a really big thing to see. Like this, not that not some perfect captain who, you know, came into that position because of like accelerating or being perfect at something, but more out of a need of like, all right, here's the situation. Unfortunately, this happened to you, but let's try to make the best of the situation and move on. And it's I, I just I like his whole character development. Yeah, and I agree with you, Kenzie, on all those points. Um, yeah, you know, his wife was killed in the battle with the Borg, um, in the best of both worlds. Um, has a resentment towards Picard for that reason. Um, yeah, um, he's when we first meet him, he's a very broken man. Yeah, um, and uh, stuff like that. A very broken resentful man yeah broken, and he still broken. and he does like a little unhinged type of stuff like i still like his interaction with q and straight up punching him i'm like that's a very dangerous 
risky uh, move. <laughs> this guy can alter our history and wipe us all in a heartbeat. And you punched him, but somehow he respected that and kind of walked away from it without causing any issues. But still, very dangerous, risky move. Yes, yes, very risky. And, you know, yeah, he punched him. You hit me. The card never hit me. I'm not the card. Yeah. And I, I mean, like, I think that's a big thing to know. I feel like he's very different, like such a different, like truly nothing like Picard. Like Picard is kind of this stable rock of a captain, like just yeah. the rules and proclamation and diplomacy at its finest and rules, you know, following that. But yeah. Cisco bends a lot of that. Like there's situations where they they kind of let things slide or he's like, you know, this isn't the right thing to do. Like, this isn't the correct thing to do, but I think it's the right thing to do. So, yeah, I mean, he and uh, they don't really in Deep Space Nine, they don't really uh, talk about the prime directive very much. Um, it seems a little more of Wild West because they're thrown into such a weird situation with the wormhole and then him being a prophet. And it's like, yeah. I like I think he just kind of is like, you know, I honestly, <laughs> this is the Wild West, truly. <laughs> It's feeling like the Wild West. Once that wormhole opens up and they have that whole new just yeah. interaction with new species, it becomes the Wild West. And so things yeah. are getting gray area. Like, I think in the episode where they run into a species where they're like, it's like a game of cat and mouse with like a species that they hunt and like the whole like, species existence is to be hunted. But they, we don't like the Federation doesn't understand that at all. And they're like, it's really messed up we're not okay with this. We're going to get diplomacy involved to like, mm-hmm. you know, change this, but it ends up becoming really disrespectful and, you know, it's not right to do. And so even though like technically this guy is doing something wrong that should be punishable, they just give him the chance to escape and like go keep doing their cat and mouse game, even though that's technically breaking rules and also violating like how, like they should have handled the situation but for the sake of a new species and not like knowing really what to do with a situation like that they just kind of played it by ear and were like whatever it's fine yeah yeah it was yeah that, uh, yeah uh captive pursuit yeah that's a good episode from the first year and stuff like that and you know um when we meet cisco with his other the other uh crew that show up like major kira quark and Odo and stuff like that, they don't, uh, I mean, at least for Major Kira, uh, at the first, you know, she doesn't like the Federation being what they are because she thinks that the Federation is just another invading force for her homeland and stuff like that. And, you know, they're at odds for at least the good part of the first season, um, him and uh, uh, Cisco and Kira. But towards all right. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. All right. So where did I? Where did you lose me? I don't know. I just kind of cut off. Like it was spotty, uh, and then it completely cut off. So I couldn't hear what you're saying. I'm like, maybe it'll catch up. <laughs> what I was saying was, uh, Kira and Cisco uh, are generally at odds with each other in the first season. Yeah. Because uh, she, she's first of all, she believes the Federation is just another invading force. Yeah. Uh, she and, sees no difference between them and. Cardassians. Yeah, she sees no difference. But then, towards the end of the first season, they become have more of a mutual respect for each other. Yeah. Uh, because um, 
of what happens when the school is blown up. Keiko's school is blown up and um, and stuff like that. And she uh, and they have an assassination attempt on Brile by yeah. uh, Brian's uh, assistant, uh, Neela. Uh, they become having a more mutual respect for one another um, at the end of that at the end of the season and stuff like that. I mean, I mean, it, it's great little character art for both characters. You know, they're they're at odds. They, you know, they kind of like do their own thing, and Harley yeah. gets involved or stuff like that, and it's just crazy. And and then at the end of the season, they're like, you know, they have a mutual respect for one another. Yeah. And eventually, and they begin to become friends. You know. Yeah, he just, uh, I, I like how warm Cisco's character is. Like, even when he gets his hands dirty and kind of makes decisions that the crew probably could push back on, the fact that he's even this, like, involved front and center with the crew most of the time, I think is always something I really liked about him, where he feels like a leader in the sense that he is among his crew. Almost like, like he doesn't like being the diplomat. Like, he wants to avoid all the diplomatic stuff. Like, Picard is the one that loves, like, the diplomacy and welcoming and you have Cisco being like is there any way I can avoid doing anything with these ambassadors or doing like I just don't really want to do this <laughs> like hey yeah. Bashir why don't you lead around all these ambassadors coming to visit instead of me and I'll just be really busy on the crew because something something came up right <laughs> and you tell them that yeah he's just not ready to like deal with a lot of that and he slowly does especially once like the war happens then he has to kind of become this like leader for the Alpha Quadrant. Yes. Yes. But back to like the early years of Cisco, um, there's an episode from season two called Paradise in which him and O'Brien are on this planet um, full of human colonists who have rejected technology and stuff like that. And uh, and he gets punished. Uh, 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 O'Brien does something that he gets, that Cisco gets punished for and stuff like that and um, goes into this bo- dark box and yeah, stuff like, and stuff like that, and he's the technology, and stuff like that, and uh, stuff like that. I mean, I mean, that says a lot about his character. He's willing to do uh, what he believes is his principles. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and that's what, that's where I he definitely differs. It stands alone as his own captain because of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I he like I don't know. Like him and him and Kirk give me the Wild West vibes, but. Kirk still had a lot of like he was very affluent in the Federation already and just kind of a prodigal captain type of person whereas Cisco did not start off that way you know like that's not what he is there for like and uh, but he he makes all these decisions kind of alone and in his own morals rather than through like what would the Federation do or what would the prime directive say I should do and it's more just like what do I think is right in this situation or giving that trust and warmth to his crew being like you know what I trust that you can get this figured out or I trust that we can make something work right yeah yeah definitely and you know it's yeah it's great that we're uh that, that he does that kind of thing you know especially when you mentioned the dominion war and stuff like that don't forget about when he when he actually uh didn't have uh, he didn't really have much respect for um, Klingon ways at first, too. 
Um, yeah, when, he seems when, to be uh, a little like set in his ways of being a human and not having a. He yeah. seems to not have too much respect for a lot of other like alien races at first, like where he just doesn't really like not really understanding the Bajorans or respecting them. And same with the Ferengi and everything too. But he, he learns, and that's why I like him a lot. He's definitely one of my like, I, I would say I like Jane my most, Cisco next, like for for my captains but i i really appreciate just him growing he's so dynamic you get to see it and grow with him as he's like and th- that his son is such a major part of his growth too and i think that's super cool to have that dynamic because every other captain is has no children you know like they're, they're directly involved with the whole time like yep. picard had like wesley to kind of be father-like to and even to his own, like, to Data, too, teaching him to be more, like, human and understand the world around him. But mm-hmm. Cisco actually, you get to see him be a father as well as a captain and trying to coordinate that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's great. But then, yeah, like, he, when, he, when he, he was not, he was acting, like, a little bit, like, a father figure when um, Dax was going to go off on this, like, Klingon ritual to kill the albino and he goes like what about the laws of the federation you gotta listen to them too yeah you know, you know and stuff like that like I said he wasn't very respectful of Klingon culture at first and he also like you know he tolerated Worf um, <laughs> yeah uh, when he tried to kill his brother um, and stuff like that and this is like yeah it's crazy but uh, yeah and I like his relationship with Dax, um, especially Cisco and Dax. It's that, that yeah. That, well, it's that, like cool that they reference their history and like knowing each other and there's that that trust in place. Mm-hmm. You don't meet a lot of captains that have like that long-standing relationship with somebody already. Yep. They, you know, like where they like most captains like they, they become close with their crew from being with them. But it's like the fact that and we sort of see that in Voyager with some of the crew members because some of them being in. Yep uh being in the rebel group together and they all know each other through that but like this is an example where it's like there's a history there deep friendship like a best friendship that exists and so there's so much more of a different dynamic with them yeah and yeah yeah and uh it's 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 great that he does all this stuff and then you know also um you know being the the emissary to the prophets Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and being this godlike figure to the to the Bajorans and stuff like that. And I honestly yeah. feel like his whole storyline, like that and everything, and being thrown into a war, thrown into that, I feel like that definitely, I can't imagine any other captain having to be in that situation. Like, I think he was the best, the best captain for that situation. I can't imagine Picard being oh, no. in that situation. Almost Janeway, maybe. Definitely not Archer. I, I feel like I could see maybe Janeway, but also she's still a little more, uh, like, I don't know, rigid still, yeah, yeah. formal. So yeah. Cisco feels like the best person for all the situations he's thrown into. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because, you know, with, uh, you know, because, you know, with DS9, they were written to have consequences for actions um as opposed to say the next generation or voyager or or enterprise or the original series they were all episodic 
and you know it'd be like oh wrapped up in a nice nice little bow at the end of the episode with ds9 it didn't happen whenever yeah. cisco whenever cisco did something that was kind of like out there like for example tricking the romulans into joining the joining the federation in, in the dominion war um there was consequences for that um yeah his, his morality took a beating his ego took a beating you know like all the principles that he was sworn to protect such as the such as the prime directive or stuff like that his his morality took a major hit and it, i think it resonated with him for at least a while after that and all taken like they took they were written to have take consequences you know um certain things that they did and not just for cisco but for everyone else um like like wharf you know um Joining the Federation against the Klingons. Um, yeah, when, when they that's a tough decision. Yeah. Well, and it's I like mean, that for a lot of the characters. Like, too, like Kira has to do a lot of decision making, like mm-hmm. on behalf of the Federation instead of the Bajorans, like evacuating that rural planet yeah. and having to deal with that. And even though that's like what the Federation wants, even though it's like kind of like like interfering with Bajoran ways. It's it's kind of a like you get to see that struggle where it's like where the Federation isn't always, you know, prioritizing or putting or taking into consideration other species goals and ideals. Yeah. And, you know, you can tell in the regarding Cisco, I'm going to go back to the emissary part of the his character. You can tell in the first few years he's very uncomfortable being the emissary. But yeah. when but when um a quorum lawn comes back after being away for two centuries in the in the in the wormhole and pretty much gives him the kick in the kick in the kick in the butt, so to speak, to like yeah. you know, be your em- be the emissary here, you know, and you know, after, you know, it's like, you know, uh after that episode called Accession, I think he um, embraces it more to the fact that, like, you know, he actually, like, you know, enjoys, uh, you know, I think he, like, you know, whenever the kids say, Peldor Joy, Emissary, and <laughs> stuff like that, he's, he's, he's like, he's very happy, um, you know, and, and stuff like that. But, yeah, when he finds out that he was actually, you know, was it was it words to describe it as uh, <laughs> when he actually was? I mean, the whole thing was orchestrated. Yeah. When he, he finds out the whole thing was orchestrated, um, and it was all planned from the beginning and stuff like that, and stuff like that. He's just like he he kind of turned away from it a little bit, but then he yeah, embraced it more. It's like overwhelming. Guess. That's why that that human factor. He just feels so real, like. Because yeah. you get to see him struggle with decisions he makes, whether they're good or bad, you know, with the Romulans yep. being bad and having to, like, live with that. He doesn't just feel like, yep, I did it, gung-ho, here we go. Like, it's, like, something he struggles with and, like, feels really guilty about, but also, like, it needed to happen. And, like, all these different, like, feelings yep. around, like, it's complex. He's a complex. He truly shows, like, the complexities of being a captain and sometimes making decisions that you don't want to make or choosing to defy what it is that you're supposed to be standing for 
in order to make ends meet and and also being stuck in desperate situations where it's like what what wins in those situations and often it's his feelings more than like tactical thinking yeah but then a lot of us do that anyway like how do I feel about this and then do it you know he's not some like prodigal tactical person like that that's what he's known for it's like i didn't even want to be here guys but here i am and i'm trying to make the best of it yeah he didn't want to be here i mean i mean he was assigned to deep space nine he didn't want it yeah and i think Um, that's a cool thing it was all the other captains it's like they wanted to be there but him it was just like i will find any reason to get out of here and get a new assignment but i guess i'll hang out here after he builds those relationships with his crewmates. Yes, yes, and definitely after the prophets helped him to grieve. Um, because you know, he was just, you know, because when he was just holding it in. Um yeah, he's very there there's something to be said about Cisco doesn't really talk much about himself, probably because of all the trauma and the you know, the, yeah. the, the terrible beginning like origins of like why he's there in the first place. But, like, he then brings out everybody else around him through that. But it almost tells you more about him. You know, you don't learn a lot of his history right away. It's painful. But you kind of figure it out through how he interacts with others and treats others. And you're like, I see that that's something he, too, struggles with. Or he, too, feels that way. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And it's, yeah, it eventually gets, to, and that's why I, like, we both agree that he's probably the most human Starfleet captain that we've ever seen in Star Trek. And, you know, whether that was, you know, the writing from the DS9 writing staff or it was from Avery Brooks himself, yeah. um, you know, uh, I bet you it was a combination of the both things, you know, like the writing and him. Um, made the uh, um, you know made him who he is made made Cisco who he is and uh, you know and stuff like that I mean granted um, I've heard rumors that he might be back somehow um, I mean I would love in, that in Picard uh, that'd be I don't know maybe during this whole timey-wimey wibbly-wobbly timeline altering <laughs> timeline altering storyline from season two he's probably Oh boy, I hate that. <sighs> but oh well. So uh, yeah, yeah. So so yeah. I've heard it's not really reliable that source, but <laughs> but it's just like um, yeah. I mean, and then yeah, and, and, I I like Cisco because of his flaws and really morally questionable things. I just I like it. that's what that's why I watch it for the different vibes, like compared to other series that kind of feel like they start from a similar place of like wanting to be there being a captain in the first place because that's what they were meant to do and then you have this feeling of like a a group of crew members who don't really want to be where they are don't want to be dealing with each other including the captain but then it, it ends up working out really nicely and then despite all the issues they run into like they still do a really great job being good crew members and good captain and being around each other yeah and that's, he's just i would say he's the biggest like leader that i've seen like that what i like out of a leader despite some of his moral choices but yeah and also yeah. he just punched q that's like my my biggest takeaway yeah. from cisco is i'm like 
I don't think any other captain would punch Q. He did though, like bold, questionable move, but hey, he's a prophet. So <laughs> might as well deal with it. Yeah, and I see a bunch of memes about it ever since. I mean, on social media about like you know comparing Q to like the cap uh, Picard and Cisco. It's like you he, know? Picard never hit me as a ball. I'm not Picard, and I, I that's like exactly what I take away from Cisco. I'm like, yep, exactly. Yeah, and I see like you know uh, Picard, you know, uh, can't lose Q on a bet, you know, something like that. Q punched Q, uh, Cisco punched Q in the face. Never heard from him again. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it would have been fun to see Q more in Deep Space Nine, but yeah, I think, I think probably once was enough. Um, he was. He probably just was like, dude, I don't have a good dynamic with this guy. I don't have a crush on him like I do Picard, so I'm out. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, so um, yeah, I I really can't think of anything much else to say about Benjamin Cisco. Actually, yeah. Anybody, anybody listening, tell us what you think about. Cisco is he your favorite captain least favorite captain I'm always interested because he's one of them that I've seen people either really dislike him or they they really like him like really dislike him because he breaks a lot of rules or has done some morally questionable things but I think that says a lot about people themselves like who they like as leaders yeah and you know, he gets obsessed too he gets obsessed with certain things too I forgot yeah. about that that's another flaw that he has um, he gets obsessed with things to the point where um, when he was chasing down Michael Eddington, yeah, he, he pretty much um, poisoned a planet. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he poisoned a planet to just just to, just to get him to surrender, just to get Eddington just to uh, to surrender. So um, pretty much, <laughs> it's just like I forgot about that. He's a very obsessive man. When it comes to certain things that he does, you know, like like regarding that or, you know, trying to study something um, very intently, he pours himself into it and he just doesn't think about anything else or something like that. You know, and experiencing, you know, you know, those visions that he had about the future and stuff like that when the Bajor was accepting the Federation offer to join the Federation. And that 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 tablet he was looking at, or something like that, that obelisk or whatever. It was, yeah. You know? Yeah. So and so like that, he got obsessed with that. He got obsessed with trying to decipher tablet too, with the reckoning and stuff like that. And it's just he he is obsessive with a lot of things. Or you know, or when he was trying to build that uh, solar solar sailor. Ship. Yeah. Yeah, he got so engrossed into that too. Um, and that's a oh, good you did get to build the defiance, so I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I'd like to hear you guys' comments about uh, Cisco. Probably, uh, probably. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, there it comes. It's coming back now. Yeah. So, accession. Um. In the pale moonlight. And yeah. Probably the and probably like the finale. And probably the finale. I would think probably the finale. I think DS9's finale is the most satisfying of the all all the finales. Yeah. Um, because uh, I just think that way because I don't know why people are so saying that it's not. Um, I, I think, think well, Enterprise is the best finale. No, I. I, think, you know, I, I, <laughs> I was I, kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
I've actually seen people defend these other voyages, but um, <laughs> but I've seen people, I've seen people, I seen people. I seen people. I think it's a. I think it's one of the worst Star Trek episodes. Oh yeah. Made. That's why I say because, like, I feel like I can say that most people are like, "Yeah, I know you're messing with me," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." Like, in a rare moment, that somebody's like, "Yeah, I agree," and it's like, "Oh, that was a joke." I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, but I think I, I think these are the Voyagers is the worst finale, but I think the most unsatisfying finale is Voyagers. So yeah, like way because- to way to unwrite a ton of like episodes and development with the finale. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, and not only that, it's like, what happened after they got home? Yeah, I'm like, wouldn't that just be a huge ordeal? And also, like, yeah. just absolutely insane for the Federation being, like, so much research and so much storyline that now needs to be documented. And also, like, how they so much debriefing. How in the world did they just come back? Everyone's like, cool. <laughs> like, like, but not be like, what the heck? Oh, my gosh. Like, this is insane. Yeah, exactly. That's why, that's why I said DS9's finale is the most satisfying finale. Yeah. Agreed. Well, next next generation is next to that in terms of finale because of, I mean, it's you know, it ends the series obviously, but we knew in '94 that a movie was coming out. Yeah. So it was different de- vibes. Of, yeah, it, it different vibes there, you know, and obviously the ne- the original series never got a finale. Except for that sexist episode, yeah. uh, very sexist. Um, Tender about intruder, but uh, that's beside the fact. But yeah, DS Science finale I think would probably be a good representation of his character because yep. he fulfills his destiny as trying to exp- like you know be who he is, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I don't know where his story goes from there, but you know, on screen definitely, yeah. But, but definitely in the novels, he's back, obviously, but um, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so I think those three episodes definitely exemplify his character. Those, those I episodes. totally agree. Pale Moonlight was my my biggest one. Love that episode. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, you got episodes that you have defined him as a character. Let us know, too. That'd be great. All right, so until next time, take care and live long and prosper. Live long and prosper.